Hello and welcome. My name is Kevin Johnson. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you probably already knew who I am. But on the off chance that it's your first time checking this out, or perhaps this specific episode introduced you into my podcast universe. Welcome. Thank you for joining. What you're going to experience today is a story that I'm actually currently writing and have most of the entirety of book one, book two, and book three completely fleshed out chapter by chapter and the story is being filled in with the content currently. What you might typically find on my podcast here is going to be content from my youth ministry, from apologetics topics for Stoa speech and debate addressing the defense for the faith in Jesus Christ and the Christian faith in general. But on this podcast, what you're going to experience is an unfolding story. And the story that's going to unfold today takes place in a near future environment. You'll see many characters such as myself, my children, my friends. Now think of this though, these are characters modeled after people I know and myself, but they aren't them. I want you to understand that. I'm adding to their life, I'm adding to their story and creating a richer, more full, dynamic personality. These are all fictional characters, but all the content is based out of true biblical theological perspectives and worldviews and actual situations and circumstances taking place in our lives today all around the world. The writing and storytelling is really addressed to the youth, young adult, maybe even early 30s individual that might be interested in a grander worldview of the supernatural, but also the present culture and circumstances that are rising up in our culture today. Topics related to the Nephilim, chimeras, the end times revelation, the return of Christ, the mark of the beast, biblical end time prophecy, quantum mechanics and science, and so much more. If you're kind of a geek like me, maybe you love theology, maybe you don't, but this really, I have been enjoying composing, and I hope that you will enjoy it with me. So for this special kickoff episode, let me introduce you officially to the end. Prologue. The End. Prologue. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. Matthew 24, 14. The lights flickered for a moment in the Walmart freezer section as I held two Lunchables and a giant bottle of vodka. It's happening. I thought I'd have a few more minutes to check out. I muttered to myself while reaching the end of the frozen desserts aisle. I was not prepared for it to happen right now. I knew it was coming, however I planned on being home in the next few minutes when it did. There I was, wearing my daughter's Crocs I threw on to run to the store, not carrying my concealed Sig P250, and still a few minutes from home. This was not exactly perfect planning on my part. I knew exactly what was about to happen. I didn't want to alarm anyone and cause unnecessary panic. Just a normal guy wearing platform Crocs one size too small, buying two Lunchables and a giant bottle of vodka. A typical everyday sight at Walmart, especially in Everett, Washington. I looked up and saw the giant ceiling fan blades affixed to the roof of Walmart had begun to slow down. That last power surge must have tripped them for good. A short, elderly, white-haired lady in a blue vest was managing the self-checkout line she appeared frightened, though she stood her ground. Did she know what was about to happen? 
Or was she just spooked because the lights are flickering? Anyone who has worked retail at any point in their life would understand this trepidation. Power outages don't mean you get to go home from work. That kind of decision was usually not made for at least a few hours or the end of your shift, whichever came first. The retail managers want you there when it comes back on so they can begin making money again. You essentially become a hostage of your employer as they fear that the next shift's workers will likely not show up for work on account of the excusable absence forcing the manager's hand to flip the switch of, quote, mandatory overtime, end quote. However, this was no ordinary power grid anomaly, and within a few hours, it would be too late to get home. That's just it. When the power goes off this time, it was not coming back on, ever. Hey, Tony, wait for me, man. I see you. Tony had been secretly following me around the store, not trying to appear that we were together or make any eye contact. I wasn't sure if he was just being awkward and not saying hi or what. He knew what was about to happen. I guess he planned better than me anyways, considering he already checked out with a Walmart bag of peanut butter, jelly, and dog treats on his wrist. The lights flickered again. We both knew the power was never coming back on once it went off, and it was about to do so in a matter of minutes. Kay. Tony replied with a bit of trepidation in his voice. Tony wasn't there because he needed anything from the store, necessarily. The truth is, he already had 42 various jars of peanut butter at his home. What's one more jar in the grand scheme of eternity anyways? Standing about six and a half feet tall, with a slim build wearing a blue Hawaiian floral button-down short sleeve shirt. For those who know him, he's easy to spot in a crowd. However, he does have an ability to blend in while instantly disappearing, if and when necessary. Knowing Tony as long as I have, he wasn't there for any other reason except to watch my back and make sure I got home, but I blew his cover. He shouldn't have wore that blue Hawaiian shirt. It was like tailing someone in a car with your brights on, at least for me. He might have slipped past unseen by me if he had just worn his typical weeb attire featuring some obscure anime character infamous among fellow weebs with an affinity for subtitled Japanese animation, but completely unknown to the average, less cultured collective. Beep. I was next in the self-checkout line. The lights continued to flicker as if they were fighting against an unseen force of God destined to lose. The white-haired clerk made eye contact with me, non-verbally communicating the open kiosk next to her, motioning with her body language, but I felt like she was saying something else to me with her eyes. Go. Just take it. Leave. I won't stop you. The checkout clerk Muriel shouted in her head, Just go. Act natural. No one will stop you. I know what's about to happen, and it won't be long before everyone and everything begins to crumble in a panic." She continued to ruminate in her mind. Click. You could hardly tell the power was off. It was midday, with giant storefront windows, dozens of skylights down every aisle. If it weren't for the slight color change of light from brilliant white to a more normal, natural blue and yellow tone, you might otherwise had never noticed anything was different at all. There were no storms outside, no tornadoes, hurricanes, or A-bombs going off causing this grid shutdown. It just went off. I looked back down at Muriel after staring at the beginning of this new world. Go! Please, go! Her eyes changed in an instant from near urgency and panic to sadness and empathy. My internal convictions gripped me. I'm a pastor, 
a youth pastor, no less. Not only am I about to steal, I'm stealing a giant bottle of vodka. Lord, why couldn't you have kept the power on for just a minute longer? I wanted to pay for these things. I have the money. Well, I had the money. In a society that runs on electricity, how would I ever prove I had or access my money from my bank account ever again? Blockchain technology only works if you have a network. You can't track that on ledgers and spreadsheets. Not that I can recall the last time I thought of numbers in my bank account as something of real value. It was just that. Numbers. How many numbers does someone want in exchange for the thing I want? Money had no actual value for a long, long time. Don't believe me? Try taking your encrypted blockchain flashcard wallet anywhere now that the power grid was never coming back on and ask someone to trade it with you. Things like SD cards, computers, iPads, and smartphones were less than worthless now. The border between magic and science that kept them running was now gone forever. I reached into my pocket and felt two crisp $1 bills and a couple coins. Dollar bills had no real value beyond something to wipe your butt with, even before the power shut down. Almost nowhere would take cash payments anymore. And even when they did, you had to have exact change. But coins, on the other hand, that was something. I remember I used to have a two and a half foot tall plastic Coke bottle full of spare change when I was a kid in the 90s. Man, back then all I wanted to do was fill it up, take it to one of those new coin exchange stations at the grocery store, and cash it in for more paper money. Coins were the only thing of value now. Who knew a whole 50 cent piece would be worth the equivalent of one Bitcoin soon? But since the change shortage that began in 2020, the elites have been hoarding them. They funded the buyouts for the government, the medical support, and the emergency relief funds, overinflating the market with their trillions of dollars that were just numbers, which then flooded the market with more money than we had printed. Printing money on paper was one thing, but coins was a whole different process. Please give exact change. No change available. Electronic payments only. We saw this for years, and everyone just understood and stopped caring about spare change. It was easier to erase everyone's financial status when no one used cash anymore. Just numbers directly deposited, transferred, exchanged, earned, and spent. The system just kept running on autopilot, even though there was nothing backing any of it for quite some time. If rarity determines value, most people would have never thought that their junk drawer change would soon become reason enough for good people to commit armed burglary, or even murder. You can't flip a switch and make coins disappear. Having mined so deep for so long, obtaining new rare materials like zinc, copper, nickel, manganese, or silver in the case of a real silver dollar, that would be near impossible without the use of electricity to run our massive excavation equipment. And even if you obtain new raw materials or recycled ones and somehow gained access to a mint to forge your own coins, everything runs on hydraulics and electricity. To say the least, making new, authentic coins was not going to be happening anytime soon. Nonetheless, even when people smelt their own with cast and metallurgy, heads will roll if you're caught spending counterfeits. Only the authentic coins minted before the shutdown will have any value in the long run. I pulled the dollars and coins out of my pockets, wanting to give something to justify my conscience. Moments ago, I would have just tapped my phone on the kiosk and paid in full, letting the blockchain confirm the transaction and be on my way seconds later. But that was forever gone, and the soon-to-be value of the coins I was about to hand over far exceeded that of one bottle of vodka and two Lunchables. At this present moment, however, it was just $2.37. I handed Muriel the money, 
against my better judgment, knowing that the 37 cents was going to be a later argument with my wife and family, as we both knew it could be enough for a few months worth of food and water. But my old way of thinking kept me caught in my convictions, and I just couldn't walk out without paying something. Put that away and go, Muriel shuddered. We both know I won't be alive long enough for you to return the favor, but I will see you again soon when we all return. Muriel leaned in even closer. In a fragile voice, she whispered, As for you, you are to endure to the end, and you will see me coming back on the clouds, following the one who rides the white horse, whose name is Faithful and True. Her frail warm hand shook as she wrapped my hand around the money which she had placed back in my palm. That was the first and last time I would see her until that day she spoke of to come. Looking over at Tony again, we made eye contact as I nodded. He followed me with his bag through the exit and into the parking lot, where we started our four-mile walk back to my house. We abandoned our cars, dropping our keys in the trash receptacles just outside the doors. Attention Walmart shoppers! The power seems to be temporarily down. There must be some construction or something that is causing this momentary delay. We are accepting exact change payments on aisles 1 through 7. Thank you for your patience while we get our emergency generators running. Then we can resume regular payments. Everyone in the store complied and kept shopping, filling their baskets as normal. It seemed as if nobody in the store except me, Tony, and Muriel knew that the power was never coming back on again. All right, everybody, that's it. I hope you've enjoyed as much as I enjoyed creating it. And the exciting part is I've only enjoyed creating the episodes, the audio, the environment they're written in, even more and more every episode as it goes down. Now, I'm not releasing this entire book just yet. You'll look forward to it come October is my goal to begin releasing it on a weekly basis so you can join the serialized patio drama. If you'd like more information, be sure to follow me on Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson or go to the website blog for this podcast, which is PKJ and Yahweh, that is Y-H-W-H at WordPress.com. And pretty soon I'll be unlocking just PKJ and Yahweh.com. It's already purchased. I just need to activate it to the WordPress site. With all that said, if you like this, please share it with a friend. Send it to somebody. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. God bless. <laughs>